Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time now for Extra Point with Bill Jones. All right, welcome in everybody. Phil Jones with you on this Monday edition of Extra Point with Phil Jones. Hope you had a great weekend. And uh, we are going to have a great Monday as we welcome you back uh, to this uh, week beginning show. Kind of strange because we were off last Monday, only did two days. Well, that was really odd, but uh, here we are back to three days a week. We do have an announcement, a programming announcement that we want to make, and we'll uh, keep reminding you guys of this as we go forward. So not this week, not next week. But here in a couple of weeks, we're going to be taking a little time off. It'll just give us a chance to kind of uh, recharge our batteries. We're going to kind of revamp some things on the digital side of our show, the behind-the-scenes stuff from a production standpoint. Just a chance for us, like everybody does, to kind of catch our breath uh, both personally and professionally. And then we'll come back stronger than ever and um, obviously, we'll be back, of course, uh, uh, ready to go once football season comes in at uh, four days a week. So, again, as we get closer to that moment, we'll, we'll let you guys know exactly when that's going to be. But uh, it'll just, just be a temporary thing. But giving us a chance, again, to kind of uh, revamp ourselves, recharge our batteries, and, again, just to tweak a few things like every good business does. So, again, we'll kind of keep you posted on when we get closer to that. No worries. No worries. We're not going anywhere. Just a brief respite, uh, some brief downtime, if you will, again, just to kind of catch our breath. All right, but we are full bore, all steam engines ahead today here on the show. As always, we want to hear from you guys, what you're talking about, what's on your mind. Now, we're going to talk about some of the things that happened in the sports world, uh, not necessarily on the high school football end, but, uh, man, a lot of news happening in the state of Georgia, a lot of news in the sports news, that is, happening in the state of Georgia over the weekend, and we're going to talk about that, get your thoughts on 
what's happening. Now, on the high school football side of things, though, we've got a great guest going to join us today as we have Roger Harriet. Many of you may not know the name, but you're certain to know the school, and that is St. Thomas Aquinas. Of course, uh, the powerhouse school that they are in the state of Florida, and of course, a nationally recognized powerhouse, the Raiders. A lot of you may not even know their, their uh, mascot, but they are the Raiders of St. Thomas Aquinas, of course, the state champions multiple times over in the state of Florida, nationally recognized. Why? Well, because they have several national titles to their credit as well. They play in a lot of the high-profile showcase games, the ESPN games. You guys know all about St. Thomas Aquinas out of Fort Lauderdale, and we're going to get to know them a little bit better today and their head coach, Roger Harriet, going to be joining us at the bottom of this hour at 530. I'm really looking forward to talking to Coach Harriet. I want to find out a little bit you know, about the behind-the-scenes What's it like to coach at at, um, at St. Thomas Aquinas there? You know, what, what's it like to come out? You know, opposing teams got to be intimidating for teams. And, of course, at the same time, you've got to have quite the big bullseye on your back every time you go out and play a team because, I mean, let's face it, everybody wants to be the team that can brag that they are the team that knocked off St. Thomas Aquinas. So, you got that pressure uh, as well. So we're going to be talking to uh, Roger uh, Harriet. Again, they'll be coming up at the bottom of the 5 o'clock hour. As always, we're going to check in and see who is tuned in today. I, this is one of the favorite parts of my show. I love to look down at the messages and see who's on board and where you're from. Love it. Uh, love to see the familiar names, of course. And I also like to see the new names, the new faces, faces that I've never seen before. And when I say faces, you guys know what I'm talking about, the names, of course. Um, can't see you, but it's the next best thing, knowing uh, where you guys are checking in from. Also, I do want to mention that this is something I want your, uh, your input in. I want you guys to start thinking about this. One of the things I'm going to be talking about, we're going to display one of our graphics. And I mentioned last week something we're going to be doing a lot more of as we go forward on the show. It, it's our intent to, to enhance the show, uh, make it bigger, better, brighter, stronger, better looking than ever. And part of that is introducing some of the graphics that we have present on our weekly newsletter. If you guys aren't getting a newsletter, you should be. You can go to our website and subscribe to the newsletter. It doesn't cost you a dime. But you'll get, uh, in addition to this great show, of course, you will get a lot of the great little tidbits that uh, folks behind the scenes are always working to put together for ITG Next, uh, including the graphic that we are going to be displaying today and talking about uh together and it is what coaching hires or i should say maybe which coaching hires over this off season do you guys think are going to make and have the biggest impact okay there are a few examples and you'll see the graphic as we put it up today after our conversation with coach harriet okay probably be coming up right around six o'clock or so but we're going to talk about those coaches, but anybody else that you can think of, okay, because I've already recognized some, some coaches and I, that I'm going to be talking about that's not going to be a part of the graphic uh, that, uh, I, that I obviously want to talk about and want to get your take on. 
coaches that have been hired in the offseason that you think are going to make the biggest impact this offseason? What coaches that have been hired are going to be able to come in and turn their team around, going to be able to, to get things turned around? And I'm, talking, I'm not talking about a rebuilding project, although there's one coach in this group that I'm going to be talking about that, that is going to have to undergo a rebuilding project. I wonder if you can guess which one I'm talking about. Because the coaches that I'm going to be bringing up that are a part of the graphic today include Marcus Jelks. He took over at Stevenson. And he takes over for the longtime coach, Ron Gartrell. In fact, I think Gartrell has been there ever since Stevenson started as a program. Uh, well over 25 years, but uh, he is gone, finally retired, and uh, Marcus Jelks takes over. He's been the longtime coach at Lithonia. Also, we've got Jeff Heron over at Camden County. Needs no introduction. Also, we've got Tim McFarland. He's the coach going to be taking over at Blessed Trinity. Uh, Miguel Patrick, of course, the new coach there at Crisp County. Came from Cedar Grove. Uh, a lot of intertwined storylines between those two schools. Kind of interesting that uh, Miguel Patrick, who, by the way, is going to join us tomorrow on tomorrow's show. And looking forward to having the new Chris County coach. Uh, but we'll talk about him today. And Joey King, he's the new coach at Carrollton. He took over a course for Sean Calhoun, who is uh, off to Vestavia Hills there, the suburbs of Birmingham, Alabama. But Joey King is the new coach at Carrollton, back at Carrollton, where he was an assistant under Raven Teague for a number of years. Joey King most recently was the head coach up at Calhoun. We're looking forward to talk – or Cartersville, rather. I'm sorry, Cartersville, not Calhoun. But we're looking forward to talking about those coaches and any others that you guys can think of, okay? And I'm sure the Tiff County coach comes to mind – I'm sure that uh, oh, there's, a, there's a handful of coaches that, that uh, are, are coming to mind um, that you guys probably want to talk about as far as making an impact. So we're going to talk about that as we go forward. Just getting fired up. we got to take a break. But when I come back, we're going to go down the line, going to check in to see who is in the house today. And if you aren't on board, let's get on board. Hit me up in the comment section. Let me know your thoughts on what coaches you think are going to be making the biggest impact this year. Again, St. Thomas Aquinas head football coach Roger Harriet coming up at the bottom of the 5 o'clock hour. That and a lot more sports talk coming your way today on our Monday edition of Extra Point. Phil Jones with you. ITG Next Georgia. We will be right back. Want to know the inside scoop? Subscribe to our ITG Next Georgia newsletter. Every week, get the best high school sports news delivered straight to your inbox. Rankings, player stats, recruiting news, and hot sports topics. Sign up today at itgnext.com newsletter. Your North Ashley Street Winn-Dixie at Five Points offers a full-service floral department for your convenience. 
a great selection of the most popular floral arrangements, open late for those last minute floral needs. We also offer a full service deli and bakery with a hot bar complete with meat, vegetables, and desserts for those on the go meals for you and your family. Our bakery has fresh made cakes, pies, and other assorted goodies. Come visit us on North Ashley Street, Winn-Dixie at Five Points. Hey guys, it's Phil Jones with ITG Next Georgia. I'd like to invite you to join me for our bi-weekly podcast with Blessed Trinity head baseball coach Andy Harlan as we talk about the Blessed Trinity baseball program and how things are going so far this season. Coach Harlan will share his insight on his team, who's stepping up, the competition, and other news related to the Blessed Trinity program. That's the Blessed Trinity Coaches Show with myself and Coach Andy Harlan Heard every other Tuesday right here at ITG Next Georgia. Let's get back to more sports talk. An extra point with Phil Jones. And welcome back, everybody. Phil Jones with you. Extra point with Phil Jones on this Monday edition of the show. Um, Lisa Carrington, what what is that? What, what is that logo there? I'm trying to figure that out. I hope it's something clean. Um, if not, uh, I don't want to know. All right, um, let's uh, find out who all is in the house. By the way, guys, let me hear from you. As always, we ask you to like and share our page. And uh, But let me hear from you guys as far as uh, what's on your mind. going to talk about what's happening in the world of sports. Uh, it was a busy sports weekend across the state of Georgia, not just in the high school football uh, end of things. Julio Jones, of course, if you're a Falcons fan, if you're a football fan, I mean, you know Julio Jones, the premier wide receiver, at least right up there amongst the uh, premier wide receivers in the National Football League over, well, his, really his entire career since coming out of the University of Alabama, 
Got traded yesterday by the Atlanta Falcons. A shock to some, to others not so much, including this guy who saw this thing coming. I mean, the bottom line was the Falcons had to, really had no choice. They have no money to sign their draft picks. So for those of you that are critical of the Falcons moving Julio Jones, thankfully they move him to an AFC team. It's not a rival team. So we don't have any kind of story, you know, potential storylines to, to, to mess with there. Um, and it's a good thing that we won't see the Tennessee Titans unless it's just, you know, they fall as part of the schedule. But it won't be a, uh, a division team. It's not a conference team. It's the AS, they're in the AFC or the Tennessee Titans. So the Falcons were smart in terms of where they dealt Julio. Uh, but they look again they had to do it they had to free up some cap space and Julio was taking up a lot of cap space and again the Falcons really had no choice Um, the Atlanta Hawks we don't talk NBA much at all on this show but it is worth pointing out that the state's NBA entry the Atlanta Hawks won a big game yesterday in the second round of the NBA playoffs over the number one seed Philadelphia 76ers up in Philly. That was, a uh, again, a, a big day. It was a big day for Georgia sports. The news breaking about Julio, the Atlanta Hawks, and then the Atlanta Braves taking two out of three from the Los Angeles Dodgers. Braves maybe turning the corner. So, again, a big sports day. Uh, again, sort of taking a little bit of a detour from high school sports, uh, if, uh, if for nothing else, uh, momentarily to touch on those particular uh, sports items. All right, um, so, <laughs> okay, so Lisa Cannington finally has answered me, says, sorry, uh, the kid had the phone. Okay, that explains that, but I, I, I'm just curious what that is anyway, if anybody knows. the. I have no idea what that is, to be honest with you. I don't even want to guess. All right. Um, but uh, anyway, Lisa, uh, let's hear what you guys have got to say uh, as far as uh, who you're rooting for. Uh, Mac Foster says, let's go Blue Devils. Certainly want to hear your thoughts as we talk about which coaches are making the biggest impact this year. I know you guys have got a lot to say about your new head football coach, who, by, who, by the way, I got to share with you a, a something funny that I read <clears throat> from Noel Dean. It was actually as part of a Michigan newspaper website, and I read this just a few minutes before coming on the show. A lot of times people, and I've, and I've gotten this before from people outside the state, because everybody hears about how big high school football is in the state of Georgia, okay? And... Um, a lot of people will say, especially those people that, 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 that pass Lowndes Stadium, you know, it looks like this huge monstrosity, which it is a big stadium, one of the biggest in the state of Georgia. But people will say, man, you know, those, seats, those stadiums in Georgia seat, uh, you know, 30,000 people. They have 30,000 people that come to the games in, in, in Georgia in the high school games. Well, I think those of us that are here know that's probably not the case. We do have some great crowds. Don't get me wrong, but usually your biggest, you know, most packed game that you're going to have, let's say a sold-out Wintersville Classic game, okay, you're talking about maybe, maybe 15,000, 16,000, right? 
I think I'm, I think I'm on target there. Okay. And I would say your average crowds for just, you know, and, and not counting last year's COVID season, you can't take that into account. But I would say a normal average Friday night, two pretty good football teams getting together, you know, maybe eight to 10,000 people, maybe. And again, I think that's a, that's a good night. That's, a good, that's two good teams going at it. But <laughs> Noel Dean's, uh, in the story that I read with Noel Dean, he was quoted as saying, yeah, excited to be here in, uh, in coaching in South Georgia. I'm looking forward. You know, our games have uh, – and he wasn't talking about just Tiff County. He was talking about the games of the Region 7A opponents that Tiff County will be facing and just the teams overall in here in the South Georgia area. Said, yeah, man, these uh, these the uh, games will have uh, you know eighteen to twenty five thousand people in the stands. We'll forgive him, okay? Again, still still new to the to the whole thing here in South Georgia, but the coach will learn, especially in Tifton. Uh, <laughs> he'll learn that you're not going to have eighteen to twenty five thousand people there. And the truthfully, uh, it, it, that's going to be anywhere. Okay, that uh, the Tiff County or, or, or anybody else plays uh, anywhere this year, except for, as I said, Wintersville Classic. If it's sold out, you're talking about a pretty good crowd. Um, but other than that, you know, like I said, maybe eight, ten thousand, I think. And again, I think that's on the high end. You guys, uh, if I'm if I'm wrong, you guys correct me uh, on that one. Okay. Looking forward here in a little over five minutes, uh, we're going to have uh, Roger Harriet. He, again, is the head coach of St. Thomas Aquinas. The Raiders uh, of the St. Uh, or the Fort Lauderdale School, I should say. Looking forward to talking to Coach Harriet. What has made St. Thomas Aquinas? How long have they been? You know, seems like as long as I can remember keeping up with high school football, St. Thomas Aquinas has been a powerhouse forever. Was there ever a time that they weren't? We're going to get a history, uh, again, from Coach Harriet that will be coming up uh, in a little over five minutes. All right, let's go to – I would say let's go to the phone lines, but that's not correct. Let's, let's go to the messages here, and let's see. There's Alexander Kane checking in. I think Alexander Kane's got something to say about the size of our crowds. My buddy Clint Haynes, of course, you know Clint. He is uh, usually always front and center. Our biggest fan, our biggest sponsor of the show, Clint, we love you, brother, and we appreciate you. Took great care of us today. We had our company, our monthly company meeting today, and Clint brought the goods today. They feed us every Monday, but today went above and beyond. Clint, we salute you, my friend. Thanks so much for all you do at Winn-Dixie. Also, a big shout-out to our friends, of course, our other sponsor, Pepsi-Cola of Valdosta, uh, taking care of us as well. And they keep all they keep us uh, fully stocked with all the Pepsi product that we can drink. And we appreciate them for that. All right, Robert Tyler checking in Peach County. Man, I, I listen, and I say this every time I see you checking in, Robert. And you're probably going to get tired of me for saying it, but I bet you guys cannot wait to break in the new digs there, the new stadium there at Peach County. I know you're looking forward to that. Uh, there's Anita Glenn. Hey. Hey, Anita. How are you doing? Marcus Rogers. What's up, brother? There's, of course, the number one fan of the Valdosta Wildcats. Marcus. So, is Valdosta, is Shelton Felton going to be one of those coaches that we can say is going to have the biggest impact 
taking over the Valdosta Wildcats, albeit on an interim basis. You know, he's got a chance, I think, if he comes in and leads this team, uh, you know, in the type of season and the type of circumstances they are under, where the games, for the most part, really don't make, you know, don't, don't count because they could go 10-0 and and they're not going to any kind of postseason. That, you know, not going to, not, not going to go to the playoffs, not going to see any kind of, you know, postseason play. So they have no postseason hopes. So what does this team have to play for? We shall see with Shelton Felton overseeing the team this year. So he is going to be a candidate for a coach. Do we think Marcus is going to make an impact on his new team, the Valdosta Wildcats? So want to hear from you about that. Wayne Gladden is in the house. Wayne says, good rainy Monday. Go Canes. I hear you, brother. Jamie Ledger, of course, good afternoon from Chris County. Jamie, going to talk about your new head coach today. Going to have him on the show tomorrow. All right, talking about these uh, stand, these uh, fans, there's Luke Bush checking in. Go Vikings from Columbus. Alexander Kane says, where you at? Alexander Kane says, Noel Dean won't have 18 to 25 people in the stands if he loses to Irwin again. Buddy, you're not kidding. You want to talk about a game that everybody should make plans to have circled on their calendar. I don't care if you're a Tift or an Irwin fan. That game is going to have so much when we talk about impact, okay, and I'm talking about the coaches that will potentially have the biggest impact this year. Let me tell you something. That's going to be a game where if Tiff County wins it, Alexander and everybody else, it's going to be said, well, he should have won that game. Tiff County should have won that game last year. Now, Irwin has lost a little bit. Not much, but anytime you, anytime you don't have the Benyard Twins coming back, you can say that you've lost a little bit. Okay, so we're going to, uh, again, talk a little bit about that as we go forward. But Alexander Kane saying no Dean won't have 18 to 25 people in the stands, much less 18 to 25,000. Alexander Kane says 5,000 to 10,000 is massive. Yes, it is. Uh, Alexander, of course, the big Valdosta Hurricane fan. Kelly Mitchell, hello, Phil. Brooks County checking in. And, of course, uh, Alexander Kane pulling for his Hurricanes says go Canes. we got to take a break. Keep the comments coming. Do you have a question for the head coach of St. Thomas Aquinas? He's going to zoom in with us when we return with the head coach from the St. Thomas Aquinas Raiders, the national powerhouse that they are, when we return with Extra Point. Phil Jones with you on a Monday. We'll be right back, guys. Your North Ashley Street Winn-Dixie at Five Points offers a full-service floral department for your convenience. A great selection of the most popular floral arrangements open late for those last-minute floral needs. We also offer a full-service deli and bakery with a hot bar complete with meat, vegetables, and desserts for those on-the-go meals for you and your family. Our bakery has fresh-made cakes, pies, and other assorted goodies. Come visit us on North Ashley Street, Winn-Dixie at Five Points.
Yeah, it all it all sort of stems back from from Dr. Houston. He was sort of the first one to to be the physician on the field, and um, he felt that you could get a you know see an athlete get injured, you can get a diagnosis. Uh, the first sports medicine fellowship was here at the Houston Clinic. The first journal of sports medicine was edited here at the Houston Clinic. He opened his practice in 1949 here, and at that time, sports medicine was not a recognized uh, specialty, and that it's largely due to him and pretty much several of his good friends who created that subspecialty of sports medicine. And uh, was so inspired by his vision and future for sports medicine that um, I applied for and was accepted for a fellowship here. Houston Clinic's been delivering uh, you know, world-class care for many, many years. That's why I came. I, I don't think you could do any better. My family's treated by my partners, and if you are in need of orthopedic care, you really couldn't do better in this part of the world. As long as you're green, you're still growing. Once you're ripe, you're next to rotten. Well, we're still green as we can be. So we're still learning a whole lot. Hey guys, it's Phil Jones with ITG Next Georgia. I'd like to invite you to join me for our bi-weekly podcast with Westminster head baseball coach Chad Laney as we talk to Coach about how things are going so far this season. Coach Laney will share his insight on his team, who's stepping up, the competition, and other news related to the Westminster program. That's the Chad Laney Westminster Coaches Show with myself and Coach Laney. Heard every other Wednesday right here at ITG Next Georgia. Let's get back to more sports talk. An extra point with Phil Jones. All right, welcome back, everybody. Phil Jones with you. Extra point with Phil Jones as it is rumbling outside. The thunder is rolling. So, obviously, we uh, still have some of the uh, the showers hanging around uh, the Valdosta area. That's uh, where we broadcast from uh, Monday through Wednesday afternoon. Uh, soon to be four days a week, but that will be after we take a little bit of a respite, and we'll give you more information on that in uh, in the next couple of days. Going to take uh, uh, just a, a couple of weeks off, a few weeks of, of downtime to recharge our batteries. Personally, I can't tell you when's the last time I had a day off in forever, but that's just not really something I do a whole lot of, although I need to. We all need to get a little bit of a break, um, but we'll do that uh, for all of us that are involved with the show kind of give us a chance to uh, revamp some things uh, with the production side of the show. Um, just overall kind of a, a recheck, if you will, and then we'll come back bigger, stronger than ever and ready to go back to four days and ready, of course, for what promises to be quite an exciting 2021 and 2022 high school football season. So looking forward to that. All right, during the break um, – we got a message from Coach Harriet. He has had to delay his uh, appearance on the show. He is scheduled to zoom in with us, but instead of 5.30, it's going to be 6.30. Coach Harriet 
apparently has some vehicle problems, some transportation problems that he's got to get taken care of. So uh, obviously he's got to tend to that. Uh, and he'll be joining us at 6.30. So uh, it'll be a little bit of a delay before we hear from the head coach of the St. Thomas Aquinas Raiders from Fort Lauderdale. Let's go back to uh, what you guys are talking about and what you guys are thinking about and opining about on this Monday afternoon. So I mentioned Robert Tallard uh, from Peach County. What's up, Robert? Good to see you on board. Uh, Marcus Rogers. What's up, brother? Number one fan of the Valdosta Wildcats. Wayne Gladden checking in. Uh, Jamie Ledger. Again, Jamie, going to be talking a little bit about your new head coach and going to be talking to (laughs) your new head coach. That'll be coming up tomorrow, Miguel Patrick, uh, taking over there at Crisp County. There are so many great storylines with new head coaches. You know, we always have, um, you know, every offseason seemingly close to 100 coaching changes, if you can believe that. Isn't that incredible? But we always have right around 100 coaching changes in the offseason here in Georgia. This past year was no different. It was down a little bit, I think maybe closer to 80 or something, but still uh, a lot of coaching changes. But the, the not so much the, the quantity as it was the quality of coaching changes. Some interesting storylines, probably more so than I could remember in recent memory uh, that we've had this offseason. So we're looking forward to talking about a handful of those and it'll be coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, Mr. Max, our producer, will be uh, displaying the the graphic as it appeared in our newsletter um, that talks about um, the some of the new coaching hires that we've got and uh, which ones are going to be the biggest difference makers. And uh, we'll be putting that up here in a little while. And I'll prompt you guys when we do that. All right. Um, so if you've got a coach in mind that you think, whether it's the coach of your team or maybe a coach that you're thinking about. Yes, Jeff Heron is on the list. We're going to talk about him uh, in addition to a couple of others. Kyle and Susan Richter is always checking into the show. What's up, guys? From Colquitt County. I got a question for for uh, for uh, you guys, Kyle and Susan, anybody else over in Colquitt County watching. So I assume now, and I know this has kind of been a little late coming around, But I assume now that everyone has wholeheartedly and with open arms accepted Coach Justin Rogers now. Is that the case? And Rufus Demand, if you're watching, certainly you are one of the top Colquitt County Packer fans that I know of. Love to hear what you guys have got to say. Because I'll tell you, from a lot of the other Colquitt County fans that I have heard from directly, indirectly, You know, there was a very strong loyalty to Coach Rush Probst. And why wouldn't there be? Okay, despite what's happened recently with Coach Probst, despite what you may think of the longtime winning coach at Colquitt, at Hoover, and, of course, most recently for a season at at Valdosta, no matter what you think about him, he – you want to talk about impact? You want to talk about making a change? I, you know, if we were having this conversation about him with, with Coach Probst involved, he may be right at the top of coaches that made the biggest difference when taking over a school. goes without saying. So that being said, there's still a lot of people that will never forget what Coach Probst did and were a little bit, let's just say, hesitant 
and fully coming around to accepting Coach Rogers. I'd like to know, has that culture changed at all? Um, are people now more accepting? I would think that you should be. After all, Coach Rogers has come in. He's done a great job, what, two years as the head coach there at Colquitt. They took a little bit of an earlier exit, I think, than a lot of people expected last year. But there's so many, uh, you know, there's just so many things that, that, that I think you just throw out the window about last year. Um, I don't think you really can, again, can accurately judge any team or coach as far as what happened last year. Again, there's, there's just too many nth factors that are involved so i would like to know though uh your thoughts on coach rogers has he fully been accepted over at colquitt county love to hear your thoughts on that all right ren estes checking in uh good evening phil enjoying this needed rain today ready for a great show hopefully we are delivering it so far ren let us know your thoughts ren now are you an adam brothers are you also a big tiff county fan Again, want to get your thoughts on your new head coach. There's Tony McKelvin back. Tony, what's up, brother? And, yes, Tony, I got the uh, message from you over the weekend. And, yes, brother, I'm glad to welcome you back with open arms. Tony says, just going to say it, Ware County, finally getting over the (laughs) 2021 5A champs. We shall see about that, Tony. We shall see. All right, Stephen Wynn, proud of my nephew, Chris Collins, hired as the defensive backs coach at the University of Kentucky. Hey, that is a big deal, Stephen Wynn. That is a huge deal. Uh, Let's see. Gilbert Ellis Jr. is in the house. I know this is a team in 3A that hasn't been real relevant, but look out for Long County to maybe a dark horse. New coach and new scheme. Gilbert, I love stuff like that. Okay, we don't talk much about Long County, but I want to know who is the coach. I admit, I'm raising my hand. I don't know. No, I don't follow Long County a whole lot, uh, but I would love to throw them into the conversation. This is what I love about the show, bringing new teams, the unknown, to the show. Gilbert, tell me more, brother. Would love to hear more. Uh, Ren SD says, I think it will be Coach Noel Dean, Tiff Blue Devils, and Jeff Heron at Camden County. Jeff uh, Heron certainly is going to be one of the main ones that I'm talking about. Um, A.B. Brown, a 6A school, just lost their quarterback. Now, A.B., are you talking about Valdosta? Just guessing. A.B. Brown says transfer. Jimmy Helms is in the house. Good afternoon, Phil and friends. Uh, Jimmy, how are you doing, buddy? Getting ready to go to break here, guys. Jamie Ledger says can't wait to be in Tifton to kick off the season. Two coaches new to South Georgia going at it. Go Cougars. Boy, you're not kidding. So we got Noel Dean going to be making his debut at Tiff County. There's going to be a lot of people that are tuned into that show or <laughs> that show and that game, without a doubt. And also, of course, uh, on the other sideline going to be Miguel Patrick, the new coach there at Cribs County. That is going to be a good one, Jamie, for sure. Um, let's see. Alexander Kane is in the house. Alexander, good to see you, brother. Love to hear from you if you get a moment to check in with us today. Uh, let's see, Keith Blaylock is in the house. Keith, so Keith Blaylock says, I read that article too. That stood out. If you know, if you wonder what we're talking about, uh, and as again, as I go to break, I just read an article before coming on the air that quoted Noel Dean talking about the crowd sizes in Tiff County and really all across South Georgia. 
I'll tell you more about what he had to say when we return with more of Extra Point. Phil Jones with you. ITG Next Georgia. Stay with us, guys. Want to know the inside scoop? Subscribe to our ITG Next Georgia newsletter. Every week, get the best high school sports news delivered straight to your inbox. Rankings, player stats, recruiting news, and hot sports topics. Sign up today at itgnext.com slash newsletter. Your North Ashley Street Winn-Dixie at Five Points offers a full-service floral department for your convenience. A great selection of the most popular floral arrangements, open late for those last-minute floral needs. We also offer a full-service deli and bakery with a hot bar complete with meat, vegetables, and desserts for those on-the-go meals for you and your family. Our bakery has fresh-made cakes, pies, and other assorted goodies. Come visit us on North Ashley Street, Winn-Dixie at Five Points. Yeah, it all, it all sort of stems back from, from Dr. Houston. He was sort of the first one to, to be the physician on the field, and um, he felt that you could get a, you know, see an athlete get injured, you can get a diagnosis. Uh, the first sports medicine fellowship was here at the Houston Clinic. The first journal of sports medicine was edited here at the Houston Clinic. He opened his practice in 1949 here, and at that time, sports medicine was not a recognized uh, specialty, and that it's largely due to him and pretty much several of his good friends who created that subspecialty of sports medicine. And uh, was so inspired by his vision and future for sports medicine that um, I applied for and was accepted for a fellowship here. Houston Clinic's been delivering uh, you know, world-class care for many, many years. That's why I came. I, I don't think you could do any better. My family's treated by my partners. And if you are in need of orthopedic care, you really couldn't do better in this part of the world. As long as you're green, you're still growing. Once you're ripe, you're next to rotten. Well, we're still green as we can be. So we're still learning a whole lot. Hey guys, it's Phil Jones with ITG Next Georgia. I'd like to invite you to join me for our upcoming weekly podcast with Buford High baseball coach Stuart Chester as we talk about the Wolves baseball program this year. Coach Chester will share his insight on his team, the competition, and other news related to Buford High School and surrounding programs. That's the Buford High Baseball Coaches Show with myself and Coach Stuart Chester every week right here at ITG Next Georgia. Let's get back to more sports talk, an extra point with Phil Jones. All right, guys, welcome back. Uh, again, we were scheduled to have uh, Roger Harriet, the head coach of St. Thomas Aquinas, uh, joining us, actually zooming in from uh, Fort Lauderdale today. He is uh, going to be delayed. He'll be checking in with us in about 45 minutes. So until then, we're going to be talking to uh, you guys and uh, going to be bringing up this graphic here in just a second about uh, the new coaching hires and which ones are going to be the big difference makers. Uh, come this season. 
Stephen Wynn talks about Deshaun Brock at Bradwell Institute. You're absolutely right. That's one that I wanted to mention. Stephen, going to be interesting to see. He takes over for Kyle Skipper over there at, uh, uh, in Savannah at Bradwell Institute. And you know what, guys? It's kind of a two-story in one thing. A couple of these coaches that I'm going to be talking about like – Deshaun Brock taking over at Bradwell Institute. By the way, I was proud to have Deshaun right here in studio with me about a month ago. He was on his way from his house over in Thomasville over to Savannah, and he said, hey, I'd love to stop in and chat with you, uh, Mr. Jones. I said, I'd love to have you, Coach Brock. So we made it happen. So I want to wish him the best of luck. But Bradwell Institute, that is a program like I've talked about before, several programs. They have, you know, used to enjoy the glory days and what happened a lot of these teams have seen better days used to have the the decades where they you know won eight ten games every year and certainly Bradwell Institute was one of those teams but uh, not recently so we're gonna see if Deshaun Brock can restore the glory there um over on the coast at uh, Bradwell Institute the military school uh, another one that we're going to be talking about, I mentioned uh, Marcus Jelks. Now, that name may not jump out on a lot of you, but the program that he's going to be uh, taking over certainly will. The Stevenson Jaguars. You guys remember what a juggernaut they were in the highest classification in Georgia year after year after year? Remember Mike Davis was the top running back for the Jaguars of Stevenson? But what happened? Now, they're in 4A now, okay? And they did win the region championship in a kind of a weak region, 2018-2019. Last year, they were in the same week, a region with the Marist. Um, so, obviously, that broke the, the, the two-year string of region championships. But still, all that aside, I'm talking about reliving the glory days that Stevenson had where they won 10 games a year on average from 2000 to 2009. So, Marcus Jelks trying to restore and put the Stevenson Jaguars. Again, one of those programs, when you hear them, when you say their name, you think winners, but not recently. So, going to talk about him amongst others. All right, we're getting a lot of Tiff County uh, comments today about the new coach, and is he going to be – uh, a difference maker for the Blue Devils as we go forward. So I was talking about, we got a, uh, a comment about Long County's new coach. So Gilbert Ellis says Long County has announced their next head football coach in Mike. Oh, you got to help me with that one. Mike Feister. This is, uh, this is Feister's first head coaching job. He comes to the Blue Tide from South Effingham, where he served as the strength and conditioning coach, assistant head coach, and offensive line coach since 2019. So there you go. So we'll see if uh, he can take over and make a difference there um, at where's that Long County? Where is Long County exactly? See, I, I I'm geographically challenged, and I'm challenged from a football knowledge standpoint. And guys, I'm going to tell you, it ain't bragging, but if I'm challenged from a football knowledge standpoint, then you're saying something. All right, so that really means that Long County has been in the background, and we want to change that. Steve Mango checking in with us says, uh, Pelham, absolutely. Now, there's another one. Okay, so you've got Dondrell Pinkins. 
what a job he did at Pelham. Well, he's taking over for the aforementioned and the departed Coach Brock, who leaves Mitchell County. So now you've got Dondrell Pinkins that will leave Pelham, and he'll go back to Mitchell County. Of course, you remember that's his alma mater. He actually coached there, was head coach there, before he took the job at Pelham. Dondrell Pinkins was the quarterback there at Mitchell County. Didn't he, didn't he lead him to a state championship? I believe he did. Before moving on to quarterback the University of South Carolina. Uh, proud to have uh, and do the uh, the coaches show for Coach Pinkins last year, this past season. So, again, great coach there. And we'll talk about his replacement at Pelham as we go forward. That's a good one there um, that you point out, uh, Steve. Danny Williams. What's up, Danny? Good to see you, brother. Thomasville has been knocking at the door, and this year will be a championship year. Right. Now, but keep in mind, not a new coach there. Zach Grage has been there now for a number of years, so not a new coach. But I'm still with you there and in agreement with you, by the way, on that one, Danny. Gilbert Ellis Jr. says, uh, talking about Long County, it's Ludowichi between Jessup and Hinesville. Got it. (laughs) Marcus Rogers, yes, Marcus uh, confirms that Long County is Ludowichi. That's one of my favorite favorite towns not that i've been there i just like saying little witchy all right um let's see here what else you guys got going on all right we're gonna uh, go to the uh we're gonna put up our graphic now uh, roy harden new coach at dodge county takes the place of ken kofer <clears throat> by the way Dwayne little and i'm hearing a lot about brooks county and again i know that that's not uh, of course does not have a new coach there but man i think it's about time this is the year i'm gonna go and predict it this is the year that Maurice Freeman breaks through, guys. They're going to do it this year. All right. So, guys, you see on your screen, okay, this is the graphic as it appears in our Georgia newsletter this week. Which coaching hire will help the most? Which coaching hire will help the most? You guys take a look at the screen. Let's talk about it as we go forward okay so let's start with joy king joy king he is the new coach there at Carrollton. all right he comes from cartersville where he was the actually he comes from the college football ranks most recently where he was at uh university of south florida tight ends coach they had just promoted him to wide receivers coach before he got the call from the folks at Carrollton. prior to that he was the coach at Coastal Carolina, okay? And then uh, prior to that, as I mentioned, he was the uh, coach at uh, Cartersville 2014 to 2018 as head coach. I think you'll recognize the name and a pretty darn good quarterback that he helped to develop in none other than Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Now, he takes over for the departed Sean Calhoun who was a pretty darn good coach in his own right. Coach Calhoun had had Carrollton in the quarterfinals the last five years, but that's as far as they got. They kept hitting the wall there in Carrollton. Now, he inherits a pretty good team, a solid program. Is Joey King going to be the guy that will help the most and put Carrollton over the top? He was the offensive coordinator 
at Carrollton under Raven Teague. When uh, I was going to say when Carrollton was winning football games. Carrollton's always won football games. I mean, I can't remember the last time they had a down year. Carrollton, some of the finest football facilities. Some will argue the finest football facilities in all of Georgia high school football. So, Joey King takes over at Carrollton as he comes from the ranks of college football. Now, I'm just going to wonder something here, okay? And I have no idea. But when I first heard this, I thought, and you guys help me out with this, and I know money isn't everything, okay? And I'm just, I'm just, just, just wondering aloud here. How much of a coaching, or I'm sorry, how much of a, a pay cut do you think Joy King had to take? Going from University of South Florida to Carrollton. Now, I'm sure Carrollton pays good. They are well over six figures. Okay. I mean, they, they are in the upper echelon of developed, uh, of established high school football programs in the state. But, guys, I'm going to tell you, if you don't know, uh, if you're an assistant coach in college football, you know, you're probably knocking down a minimum of about $180,000, $200,000. Just saying. So, look, and, and, and guys, uh, Joey King is a, he's a, he's a, he's a godly man. He's a great man from everything that I can gather. <clears throat> I've had some very brief conversations with him. Uh, I think he's a good man, good coach. You know, no doubts there. Just wondering, though, you always have to wonder anytime a coach that is aspired to, that has been in high school and makes it to the college level, why would he want to come back to the high school ranks, okay? We saw, of course, uh, Shelton Felton did it, but a little bit different circumstances there uh, with Coach Felton. So, Joey King, the number one coach on our graphic, and we ask, will he help the most at Carrollton, okay? Love to get y'all's thoughts on the new coach there at uh, Carrollton. Want to hear your comments there. Tory Butt says, hey, Phil, Carrollton, going back to those days in the 90s, they are already and had been a track school. That's a great point. And Mr. Producer, the man to my right, is a big track and cross-country guy. He can probably, and I'm sure, confirm that for me. And we and I, he and I, I believe, have talked about that before. I know Carrollton is the host site for a lot of those cross-country and track and field uh, championship meets. So you're right there, uh, Tori. That is a good get. Good pickup there, my friend. Um, I'm, I'm glad that you pointed that out for sure. So, so Tori, I'm just curious. Are you saying that maybe they're going to take a step back, you think? I, I find that hard to believe with uh, jo- under Joey King. I, I just think that he's going to keep things going there. But, again, I think he is charged with the responsibility of getting them over the hump as far as, again, making it past the quarterfinals. That is where the Carrollton season has come to an end. One, two, three, four, five seasons in a row. Got to take a break. We'll come back. We'll continue with our graphic. You can see the names on the list there. Miguel Patrick at Crips County. Timmy McFarlane at Fellowship Christian. Jeff Heron at Camden. We're going to go straight from Miguel Patrick to Jeff Heron on this list. So they'll be the first two coaches we talk about when I come back with more of Extra Point. Phil Jones talking about new coaching hires in the state. Let me hear your thoughts on these coaches, and we'll be right back to talk about it after this.
Hey guys, I'm Phil Jones, your host of Next Take Georgia, our weekly podcast brought to you by ITG Next. On Next Take Georgia, we interview the top names in high school sports in Georgia, including athletes, officials, coaches, and those that impact and cover high school sports. Recent guests include Dr. Robin Hines, Executive Director of the GHSA, Frank Sokowski, Sports Director for WJCL in Savannah, and coaches Maurice Freeman and Marquise Westbrook, who joined me recently to discuss opportunities for more blackhead coaches in Georgia. You can find Next Take Georgia at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. That's Next Take Georgia, brought to you by ITG Next. Hey guys, it's Phil Jones with ITG Next Georgia. I'd like to invite you to join me for our bi-weekly podcast with Fellowship Christian Head Coach Sean Oliver as we talk about the Paladins baseball program and how things are going so far this season. Coach Oliver will share his insight on his team, who's stepping up, the competition, and other news related to the Paladins program. That's the Fellowship Christian Coaches Show with myself and head baseball coach Sean Oliver. Heard every other Friday right here at ITG Next Georgia. Let's get back to more sports talk. An extra point with Phil Jones. All right, welcome back, guys. Phil Jones with you. Thanks so much for being a part of our Monday show today, uh, guys. If you uh, if you want, uh, let's get you guys involved in the show, talking about the coaching hires that are helping the most, or that will help the most uh, this year. Bear with me, guys. Checking a couple of messages there uh, on my phone. All right, so let's talk about. Uh, Mag- so, by the way, before I move to McGuill Patrick, uh, Tory Butts, interesting comment saying because uh, I was asking about and wondering about the coaching uh, deal there at, uh, at at Carrollton and you got to wonder anytime you have a coach that goes from the college ranks back to the high school ranks is there a lot of uh, big pay cut there Tory Butt says Phil I don't think it was that much of a pay cut the Richards family are very vested not sure who they are 
I'm assuming uh, big money supporters there for the Carrollton football program, uh, but I'll take your word for it, Tori. You obviously sound like you're pretty educated on what's happening over there. Uh, Joe Hansley checking in. Jeff Davis, Yellow Jackets uh, via Portsmouth, Virginia. I love it. Love it, absolutely. Love these uh, long-distance dedications. All right. Um, by the way, Gilbert Ellis Jr. says, what helps Carrollton is having a nice college facility close by in West Georgia. I'm sure they work hand-in-hand with one another to make pro- uh, both programs successful. That's an interesting take, Gilbert. I've never heard that before, but it certainly does make uh, a lot of sense. All right, let's talk about now Miguel Patrick. He's the new coach at Crisp County. Of course, most recently at Cedar Grove. He was the coach, head coach there for a couple of years, led them to a state championship. 2019, interestingly enough, they get eliminated by Crips County last year. Um, and, of course, uh, we know that uh, Crips County went on to lose uh, to Pierce County, and that was the game, of course, that I think ultimately uh, cost uh, Brad Harbor his job. That's the game where Crips County uh, got out of control. There's a lot of cheap shots in the game, and that was that. But Miguel Patrick comes in takes over will he keep things going at crisp will his hire help the most of all the programs here let's talk about let's break it down guys so again let's uh cedar grove to a state championship in 2019 um here's the thing chris county 38 and 12 over the last four seasons so despite what happened to coach harbor and, of course, I mean being let go. You cannot deny the success that Coach Harbor had there. And they have built a great program at Crisp. So, when I heard that Coach Patrick had been hired at Crisp, I thought, and probably a lot of you guys did too, I thought it was the perfect hire. Okay. Um, I think you needed somebody like a McGuill Patrick to come in to take over, to keep the ship right of it at the same time to get the most. And he appears to me to be one of these great motivators is Miguel Patrick. I will say this, he's taken over a team that saw a lot of their key performers graduate. You've got four, count them, four returning starters from last year. And I'm not talking about just on one side of the ball or the other. Total, and that comes from his mouth, not mine. I had a chance to briefly talk with Coach Patrick about coming on the show tomorrow and uh, Coach Patrick said, yeah, I got four starters that are coming back. So that is uh, going to be tough for him. Now, one interesting thing about uh, Coach Patrick, you always wonder what makes coaches unique, you know, what makes them stand out. Coach Patrick runs a 4-2-5 defense. Why is that so important? It plays well against all of these spread them out teams, teams that love to run the spread. You've got five defensive backs. You can always cheat up that fifth as an outside linebacker, a rover back, if you will, uh, sort of to act like a, you know, a linebacker in coverage if you need it. But, um, again, he's also going to bring his offensive coordinator from Cedar Grove with him, Lawrence Smith, bringing his quarterback coach, William Richardson, with him from Cedar Grove. So you're talking about bringing the key components of a successful program to Crisp County. And if you want to argue, well, you know, we had 
a successful coach at Crisp. True, Brad Harbor was, but he's not there anymore. So you've got not only a great head coach coming in in Coach Patrick, but he got a couple of key assistants that were with him at Cedar Grove coming in well. So what do you guys think there about Coach Miguel Patrick coming in, again, taking over at Crisp County? Um, I think he keeps Crisp County in the hunt despite only having – Four returners. I think he's that much of a good coach. Okay. So again, we are talking about which coaching hires help are going to help the most this year. Okay. And let's talk about Jeff Heron, Camden County. Je- <laughs> and I gotta tell you guys, this is numero uno on the list, as far as I'm concerned. Jeff Heron, Camden County. We know the deal with Coach Heron, don't we? Is there been a more successful coach in the state? I'm going to go ahead and say it. Of the coaches on this graphic that are going to help the most, okay, it's going to be Jeff Heron. We talked about Joey King. Great coach, but he's taking over a great program. Miguel Patrick, great coach, but he's taking over a great program. Coach Jeff Heron, great coach, but he's taking over a program not so great right now. Now, we know that he's going to be bringing back the wing tee. This may be the only, if there is an, a, any question mark surrounding Jeff Aaron, and you, listen, you got to start really splitting hairs when you try to look for things that, that could be a detriment with Jeff Aaron because there ain't a whole lot. Great man, great coach. You know, I, I've heard so much about him. I've now got to know him. In several conversations I've had with him uh, since he took over at Camden. And I'm going to tell you something. You folks in Camden, and I know you don't have to have me telling you this, but you have got to be turning cartwheels and backflips over in Kingsland having this guy. And when it was announced that he was going to be coming back, taking over uh, the Camden County Wildcats. He is the number one coach on this list, in my opinion, as far as the coaching hires that are going to help the most. Now, can he get Camden? And, we you know, I was just talking about the, uh, the, the situation at Stevenson, okay? And there are a lot of parallels between Stevenson and, uh, and Camden. Back in 2000, 2009, 2010, that was their decade. Jeff Heron won three state titles. How many region titles did he win? Just, I mean, bukus. I can remember Jeff Heron winning a lot of those state titles in what a lot of people considered a fairly weak region. Remember, Camden was not always in the same region that they are now. They used to be in the region with the beach and Savannah and, uh, and a lot of the Savannah area schools that really weren't known for their football. In fact, they weren't known for their football at all. Could play basketball, but football, different story. So when Camden... And Coach Heron came over and joined region, I think it was 1-6A then. Boom, right out of the gate. They win the region. So they proved that they can do it. They can do it no matter where they are, no matter where Coach Heron is. And I'm telling you, Coach Heron coming back is going to get it done. 158 wins and 18 losses while at Camden. 312 and 54 overall as a head coach in 29 seasons. Yes, won three state championships in 13 seasons there. 
uh, at Camden. He is the only coach in the state of Georgia to have a championship at three different schools. He won it at Grayson, at Camden, and Oconee County. Remember, he coached at Prince Avenue Christian. Remember, he just recently coached at Tennessee Tech. You know, guys, I can't see Jeff Heron being an assistant for anybody. But he was at Tennessee Tech. Of course, he's coming back to Camden, I think, again, since uh, eight seasons since he, lost, uh, since he left Camden. Not bad. In fact, it surprised me a little bit. He went 50-36. and 36. In eight seasons, that uh, Camden went 50 and 36 in the eight seasons without Jeff Heron. That was a little bit surprising to see that they did that well. Still, though, by Camden standards, it's not where they want to be. And I think this next number that I'll give out to you guys says it all 13 and 18 in region play since Jeff Heron left. And in the eight years, listen, got to remember, they had Bob Spire that was the head coach. This guy was. He was like the Jeff Heron up in Kentucky, guys, before he comes to the, the, the Camden. Now, he was at North Gwinnett before he came to Camden, but he really made his A up in Kentucky where he's back at, where he's back at now. But at North, North Gwinnett, Bob Spire was a winner. But he comes to Camden, says, hey, we're going to change things up. We're going to move away from the wing tee, and we're going to go to a spread them out offense. Guys, I'm telling you, it's so much harder to go from a wing tee to a spread than I think what Jeff Heron's about to do, which is go back from a spread to a wing tee. So I think that's why on my list, Jeff Heron, number one, the coach that will help the most of any program that these new coaches are taking over, Jeff Heron. Does that mean a state championship in year one? I'm not going to go that far. But he's certainly going to have them in the hunt somewhere Camden has not been in a while. we got to take a break. We'll come back. We may be talking to another powerhouse coach. I've just got an interesting text on my phone. The mystery guest. Who could it be? I'll let you know when we return with more of Extra Point. Phil Jones with you. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss it. Your North Ashley Street Winn-Dixie at Five Points offers a full-service floral department for your convenience. A great selection of the most popular floral arrangements, open late for those last-minute floral needs. We also offer a full-service deli and bakery with a hot bar complete with meat, vegetables, and desserts for those on-the-go meals for you and your family. Our bakery has fresh-made cakes, pies, and other assorted goodies. Come visit us on North Ashley Street, Winn-Dixie, at Five Points. Yeah, it all it all sort of stems back from from Dr. Houston. He was sort of the first one to to be the physician on the field, and um, he felt that you could get a you know see an athlete get injured, you can get a diagnosis. Uh, the first sports medicine fellowship was here at the Houston Clinic. The first journal of sports medicine was edited here at the Houston Clinic. He opened his practice in 1949 here, and at that time, sports medicine was not a recognized uh, specialty, and that it's largely due to him and pretty much several of his good friends who created that subspecialty of sports medicine. And uh, was so inspired by his vision 
and Future for Sports Medicine that um, I applied for and was accepted for a fellowship here. Houston Clinic's been delivering uh, you know, world-class care for many, many years. That's why I came. I, I don't think you could do any better. My family's treated by my partners, and if you are in need of orthopedic care, you really couldn't do better in this part of the world. As long as you're green, you're still growing. Once you're ripe, you're next to rotten. Well, we're still green as we can be. So we're still learning a whole lot. Hey guys, it's Phil Jones with ITG Next Georgia. I'd like to invite you to join me for our bi-weekly podcast with Westminster head baseball coach Chad Laney as we talk to Coach about how things are going so far this season. Coach Laney will share his insight on his team, who's stepping up, the competition, and other news related to the Westminster program. That's the Chad Laney Westminster Coaches Show with myself and Coach Laney. Heard every other Wednesday right here at ITG Next Georgia. Let's get back to more sports talk. An extra point with Phil Jones. Jones with you. Good stuff there, by the way, on our graphics of the uh, the coaches uh, as far as uh, who you guys think is going to make the biggest difference this year. Uh, we may, if we have uh, uh, room for that before the show ends, uh, go back to that. A couple of coaches still on the list, but the biggest ones there I wanted to talk about we got to. Uh, all right, speaking of uh, coaches that have made an impact, we are happy to have on the line with us now the head coach of the Grayson Rams, talking about Adam Carter, who's on the line with us now. Coach, what's happening? Good evening, man. Thanks for having me back on. Hey, man, glad to have you. Anytime we get a chance to talk to you, brother, we are uh, glad to do it. And uh, let's talk about uh, the spring so far there at Grayson. How things been? It was good. Um, you know, we are uh, – Obviously, let's kind of take a step back. You know, talking last year, I told you we had 38 seniors, 37 seniors. Right. And so I knew coming into this season that uh, we would it would be a little different. Uh, we're just young. You know, I probably got like eight sophomores right now that are in our uh, in our starting offense or defense. So that's it, that looks different. Um, but so we just got young kids. They play really hard. We're just inexperienced right now, but. Um, they're hungry for it. They're getting after each other a little bit. And, and spring was good. We came out of it injury-free. You know, we, um, we've done some good things. We're just trying to get young kids ready to play. I only got 16 seniors and so um, in this next class. So it's just a small class, but we're working at it every day. We went back at it today and tried to whip them a little bit in the weight room and then had a little field time with them. So we'll get there. It ain't August yet, so we got a little more time. So, Coach, this is uh... – uh, refresh my memory. This is uh, you just completed year number what? I just I just completed year two, and I'm headed into three here. Okay, at okay I got you. That's what I thought. So it sounds like um, it's a, a little bit of a, a transition year for you, uh, and everybody goes through this, of course. I mean, you come in, you've had some real horses to work with there at Grayson. 
Sounds like now you got some younger guys that you've got to develop. Talk about the challenge as a coach coming in and probably encountering, it sounds like, what could be the biggest, you know, transfer of uh, of experience and talent since you've been there. Is that a fair statement? Oh, there's no doubt. The the talent level is uh, – we still have a bunch of talented kids. Sure. I, I will tell you that. My – my 24, 25 class, probably those two combined, probably the most talented classes that I've that I've had. Period. Oh wow! Um, it's just they're going to be freshmen and sophomores. Yeah. And so it's just when you have a big senior class, and like you said, people go through it. It is what it is. It doesn't happen. Hopefully, it doesn't happen every year. But sometimes when you have a big senior class, the classes behind them fall off a little bit, just because they've been behind them since they were in middle school. And uh, next thing you know, you end up with a class like 16 that we have. So there's definitely, uh, as far as experience go, um, that's probably where we're hurting the most. I don't think it's a, a talent thing. It's just experience. So it's just going to come down to my coaching staff and I being able to get a bunch of young kids that are talented, but getting them ready for 7A football and uh, and trying to get ready for our region and hopefully set ourselves up to to have a good little spot in the playoffs. So that, that'll be a big challenge for us. I got you. Of course, you uh, we're talking to Adam Carter, head coach of the defending 7A state champion, Grayson Rams. Um, obviously, you got to replace, uh, you know, your quarterback. You had a great situation there uh, with a couple of really good, experienced quarterbacks last year. Of course, Phil Maffa, uh is off. Talk about some of the other big guys uh, that you've got to replace, and what are you looking at as far as replacing those two game uh, names that I just mentioned, Coach? Well, you know, Dayon Cannon is still back, and, and Dayon Cannon has uh, that's a big one. Has started a, eleven games for me here at Grayson High School. He started four as a sophomore and and seven last year, and um, actually it may have been eight last year, Phil. So maybe one off, but mm-hmm. uh, I believe he's eleven and one. And so, um, <laughs> as a starter for us, so um, we're in good hands on that side. And and most people probably remember that, you know, Mafa was hurt. Um, Mafa broke his collarbone as a junior in yep. game one and didn't come back into the playoffs. And then, or really came back in against Archer, I believe. And then this past year, he um, he hurt his ankle against Tipton in the first round and didn't play again. Well, those two backs that were behind him, Sean Downer and, and Joe Taylor, they're, they're both back. So, and they did a really good job through the playoffs. I think Joe Taylor was the, the MVP of the state championship game. Um, and so, uh, you know, in those two spots, you know, I think that it, it's going to be at the running back spot, you can't replace Phil Maffa. But we we got a, a duo back there that's going to do a really good job. And I think it's just going to be more of a by committee than it is by just one big dude all the time. Um, you know, we got another guy, Dylan Elder, that's a, a rising sophomore that can flat out go. Um, he's actually playing linebacker for us, but if he needs to flip and tote the ball, he will. And then the name that everybody's going to know before this thing's all said and done is JoJo Stone. And uh, JoJo Stone was told the other day by a uh, SEC coaching staff told one of my coaches that he may be one of the best athletes in 2024. So, He'll play running back. He'll play quarterback. He'll play receiver. So we still got some explosive dudes now. I think the biggest hit to us field is going to be on the defense, the defensive side of the ball. Okay, uh, that's going to be our biggest hit. You know, we lost. I played eight different defensive linemen last year, and six of them were were uh, seniors. Oh wow! And um, you know, when we played four linebackers, three of them were seniors. And then in the secondary, 
I lost uh, I lost three of our our starters in the secondary. So you know we literally we really lost eight of our starters and then plus about four backups that were all seniors. So that'll be the biggest hit. Uh, like I said, our starting defensive line right now is all sophomores. So um, that'll that'll be the biggest difference, I guess. Maybe that's probably a better word. When you walk out there and see us, you know we, we'll look a little different. Um, but I will tell you this, and this is something that hopefully um, folks understand after they play us or when they watch our film or whatever. No matter who's on the field, our kids are going to go play hard and get after it. And so um, I'm, we're going to go line them young kids up and go to work now. Um, and they know that. We're just, like I said, we just got to get them ready. But some other big names that are back is Griffin Scroggs, the big 6'5", 3'10", uh, guard. Uh, Walt Flynn, who's a rising sophomore, who started seven games for us at center last year, the true freshman, um, who is 6'2", 300. Um, so we got some beef up. We're probably going to be bigger up front this year than we were last year, honestly, um, on the on the offensive side. And then uh, Mason Humphrey is a big 6'3 receiver that's coming on for us. Uh, he was he was kind of banged up as a sophomore, but he's he's been doing really well in the camp circuit. So. Tyler Rose flipped over to offense. He's a he's got a um, a couple of of FBS um, you know group of five offers at receivers. So we got some explosive kids on offense now. Uh, we just got to find a way to to keep people out of the end zone somehow. I hear you. Uh, and you know, I tell you, the the thing that impresses me, uh, and I don't know how many people have paid attention to this with you guys, but you guys have been able to have the success. But you've really had to, to battle through some injury situations just, you know, here and there. And, you know, some will say, well, it's not all that different. Well, it is when you've got big, high-profile, five-star guys that you're depending on to carry your team. I mean, when they go down, the, the, you know, the guy bring it, the, that's coming in to replace him may be good. But let's face it, he's not of the same caliber. Talk about those things that have kind of, uh, I will say, played you guys. But, again, you've been able to overcome them, obviously, Coach. Yeah, well, you know, I think that that um, that it hit us, you know, last year with the COVID stuff. I think we talked about it before. You know, I didn't really think about it at the time, but I want to say we had eight kids that were that were starters or or that one B type guy that were out that first time against Collins Hill, and everybody had that to deal with injuries. Everybody had to deal with COVID stuff. Everybody had to deal with it. Well, so did we, you know. And so, um, but the injury thing is. It has nagged us. I guess you could say that it has nagged us. You know, we're we're relatively healthy right now. We still have some nagging stuff, nothing major, you know, other than some maybe a couple of banged up shoulder type stuff. But and I think that come back from banging around in spring practice, and they hadn't had to, they didn't do that last year. So uh, especially those young guys, you know, those young guys, the way we had to practice last year, they uh, we practiced against um, hand shields and bags the entire season last year. So they never those these rising sophomores had never hit each other full on full speed in practice before, and uh, and know we were able to get ten practices in the spring, so that's different for them. But you know injuries is 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 one of those things. To, in my opinion, not always the the you don't always have the the best teams sometimes that are playing deep in the playoffs. You have teams that are uh, have have avoided the injury bug sometimes, and so right now with our depth. That's going to be something that we have to be very cautious of. We we can't afford those big injuries um, because there's no there's not the same guy behind our guys right now because we're young that was there in the past. So the injury deal is a big deal here. It's just keeping them healthy and keeping them on the field. And I, 
Buddy Pugh, when I worked at South Carolina State in 2010, he told us, he said, listen, we're not very good if our dudes ain't the ones playing on Saturday. So we better find a way to get them to Saturday. And so, um, you know, that, that's kind of our our motto right now is we got to find a way to stay healthy and get our kids to, to Friday for sure. <laughs> I like that. Talking again with Adam Carter, head coach of the defending 7A state champion, the Grayson Rams. So did you guys actually have a – uh, a spring game, or how did y'all handle that? No, Phil, I just do inner squad. Okay. Um, I am. I, I'll, if I, if I'm playing somebody, I'm going to spend time getting ready and game planning and doing all those things. And and I just felt that it would take away from our kids this spring and what we actually needed. So yeah, we'll revisit next year and see. Um, but I thought that this year was good for us to get all those practices in. Worried about Grace and not worried about somebody else. I got you, and that's uh, you know that's that, that's a. It's interesting talking to the coaches and getting the different philosophies about how they approach spring, and I understand it completely. In fact, when you've only got ten days or ten practices rather to work with, you know, I I, I think that's the right mindset to have because you've got to maximize as much as you can in ten days or ten practices. I mean, you got to get the most out of what time you have uh, available to you, right? Well, I mean, you only get pads on for those, you know, it's really, even if you do an inner squad, you really, you get eight practices, day nine, you're kind of cleaning thing up to get ready for a scrimmage or to get ready for the inner squad. Right. So you probably only get eight full practices. And then, point. you know, you don't put the pads back on until August 1st, really. So, you know, that was just our philosophy this year was, you know, we got, we need to spend time on ourselves and with these, getting these guys ready to play, get them the most reps as possible and, you know, and in the spring, you know, when you when you enter squad, I can control things as far as I can control tempo, I can control the situations, I can do all that stuff, and um, and I thought we had refs and all that, but you know, it was just a little bit more controlled than than a true scrimmage. We're finishing up with uh, Adam Carter, who is uh, again uh, been kind enough to check in with us uh, here at the last minute on this uh, Monday afternoon. So, uh, last couple of things I got for you, Coach. Uh, coming out of that uh, inner squad, what would you say uh, are the things that impressed you? Now, I mentioned you mentioned the defense is an area that you know you're a little bit concerned with, but uh, particular specific areas that you think you guys are, are going to be okay in, and things uh, specific areas that you're a little bit concerned about. And I give you the final word on that, Coach. I think coming out, and I told my coaches this, I was very pleased with our ability up front and our ability to run the football. Um, I think that's been something that I've tried to, to hang our hat on. Um, you know, whether it was a creepy or gracing, is we want to be able to come out and establish a run. And, you know, when we lost the Tyson and, and Garrett Brophy and Dakota and Walker Williams and all those guys, you're like, oh, crap, you know, what are we going to be able to do up front? Those guys had a really good spring, and those two backs had a good, really good spring. Um, and then again, I, I, you know, it's not a, it's not a, um, a secret. I think our concern is our staff is, is our, uh, is our front, is our front six, um, just because they're of the lack of experience. I think we got some talented kids there, um, but they just hadn't played. I really got, I really got one that played significant snaps last year that's back. So, um, that'll be the concern is that, is that box, that front six right there. Um, but, I think we got some athletic kids. I think we got some kids that'll go fight you. So um, I think we'll we'll have them ready by August thirteenth. Hey, before I let you go, so I've got uh, Roger Harriet from St. Thomas Aquinas is going to be checking in with me next. 
And so some of the fans are wanting me to ask, and I knew this would be unavoidable. So what's the possibility of a future Grayson and St. Thomas Aquinas matchup? Well, look, I I, uh, I couldn't find one this year, so <laughs> we had we had to um, we had to sign up to play in this Freedom Bowl over in Milton, and I still don't know who I'm playing. Uh, <laughs> I know I know we got to be there on, on September 3rd at seven o'clock. I just don't know who's going to be on the other side yet, but uh, you never know how things work around here as far as going and playing games, and we try to get some kind of out of state game, or I think my yeah. first year we. My first year we played a team out of Alabama. Last year we were supposed to play the team out of Alabama. And, you know, between South Carolina, Alabama, Florida, you know, I think we kind of – that those are the ones you would want to go play just because travel and those kind of things. But, listen, St. Thomas has got some straight-up dudes down there now. So, but I don't I don't know if uh, – I don't know if we're going to take that trip down there this year. I, I got you. Yeah, probably too late for that. But, you know what, I think what I'll do is I'll see what Coach Harriet has to say and we'll compare notes. How about that? All right, man. Sounds good. Hey, Coach, thank you so much for checking in with us. Uh, we'll be talking to Coach Carter again as we get closer to the start of the football season. He's uh, always been gracious of giving us a few minutes uh, uh, last year and look forward to talking to him again this year. Adam Carter, head coach of the defending state champion, Grayson Rams. Coach Carter, have a great evening, brother. Thanks, sir. See you guys. See you, brother. All right, guys, with that, we'll take a break and we'll come back as we'll go from one powerhouse coach to another. Georgia, Florida, powerhouses everywhere. The St. Thomas head coach comes up after the break. Stay with us. Your North Ashley Street Winn-Dixie at Five Points offers a full-service floral department for your convenience. A great selection of the most popular floral arrangements, open late for those last-minute floral needs. We also offer a full-service deli and bakery with a hot bar complete with meat, vegetables, and desserts for those on-the-go meals for you and your family. Our bakery has fresh-made cakes, pies, and other assorted goodies. Come visit us on North Ashley Street, Winn-Dixie, at Five Points. Want to know the inside scoop? Subscribe to our ITG Next Georgia newsletter. Every week, get the best high school sports news delivered straight to your inbox. Rankings, player stats, recruiting news, and hot sports topics. Sign up today at itgnext.com newsletter. Yeah, it all it all sort of stems back from from Dr. Houston, and he was sort of the first one to to be the physician on the field. And um, he felt that you could get a, you know, see an athlete get injured, you can get a diagnosis. Uh, the first sports medicine fellowship was here at the Houston Clinic. The first journal of sports medicine was edited here at the Houston Clinic. He opened his practice in 1949 here, and at that time, sports medicine was not a recognized uh, specialty, and that it's largely due to him and pretty much several of his good friends who created that subspecialty of sports medicine. And uh, was so inspired by his vision and future for sports medicine that um, I applied for and was accepted for a fellowship here. Houston Clinic's been delivering uh, you know, world-class care for many, many years. That's why I came. I, I don't think you could do any better. My family's treated by my partners. And if you are in need of orthopedic care, you really couldn't do better in this part of the world. 
as long as you're green, you're still growing. Once you're ripe, you're next to rotten. Well, we're still green as we can be. So we're still learning a whole lot. Hey guys, it's Phil Jones with ITG Next Georgia. I'd like to invite you to join me for our bi-weekly podcast with Blessed Trinity head baseball coach Andy Harlan as we talk about the Blessed Trinity baseball program and how things are going so far this season. Coach Harlan will share his insight on his team, who's stepping up, the competition, and other news related to the Blessed Trinity program. That's the Blessed Trinity Coaches Show with myself and Coach Andy Harlan Heard every other Tuesday right here at ITG Next Georgia. Let's get back to more sports talk. An extra point with Phil Jones. All right, welcome back, everybody. Phil Jones with you on Extra Point with Phil Jones. Hope you guys are doing good on this Monday. All right, a little bit later than we uh, originally scheduled, but we are proud to welcome in the head coach of St. Thomas Aquinas, the Raiders, joining us now. Coach Roger Harriet is up on the screen, as you can see. Coach, how are you? I'm doing well, Phil. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Coach, thanks so much for uh, joining us today. Uh, did you get a, your transportation situation taken care of? I did. I had a I had a couple of vehicle issues, but nothing that can't be fixed. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Well, that goes with the territory of being a head coach and having to be nimble on your feet. Yeah. And uh, let's talk about yeah. what that uh, means at St. Thomas Aquinas. Most of the people yeah. watching the show are big time high school football fans, so whether they're watching it now or will watch it later. I'm sure we're going to get a lot of people that once they hear and find out that we spoke with you are going to go back and watch this show uh, later. Talk about what made what has made the the program there at St. Thomas Aquinas so special, and where did it all start, Coach? Well, you know, speaking of the vehicle, you you got to make adjustments, right? You're always going to be throwing some screwballs at you, and that's what life is pretty pretty much about. It all started. With, with George Smith back in the, the early 70s, he had a dream. He had a, a an idea, you know, when he moved down here to South Florida from Indiana. And, you know, he's a visionary. He's a guy that woke up with an epiphany one day. He wanted to get into some warm weather and um, decided to make his way down to South Florida and, and uh, ended up at St. Thomas Aquinas. And, you know, has been a, a great pioneer and advocate tremendous ambassador for high school athletics and youth sports in general so you know he uh made sure that he put his best foot forward and fixated his mind and on on doing the things that you know god has has uh enabled him to to do with regards to the gifts that he has and to to motivate and inspire and encourage other people and i don't i don't know if you know he would have he was on the road in in his early 20s would have ever thought that this is something he would have been a part of or 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 orchestrated and um it's just an unbelievable career he just recently retired 
And so we've been celebrating his, his achievements. He's still involved with the football program. And um, one of his former players, Tuan Russell, who uh, played for St. Thomas and Miami and University of Miami Hurricanes and had a had some time in the NFL, worked for the Dolphins, and now he's been fortunate to take over. He was Tuan was actually a, a senior when I was a freshman, so he was a big, big brother to me. And now we're able to work in tandem with coach um, giving us guidance and and being a consultant for us and you know um, he's able to establish arguably the, the greatest athletic program in our in our country so he's just an it's just an unbelievable um, you know unbelievable achievement and you know when you sit back and you think about it you know you you, you want to look at it from a superficial standpoint and you'll 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 point at talent we had a substantial amount of talent at St. Thomas, like other places around the country. But there's a lot more to it than that, Phil. I mean, started with love. There's a tremendous amount of love and and brotherhood that went in went, went into the foundation of establishing, you know, these athletic programs. And Coach Smith did a great job of assembling family oriented instructors and coaches and people that were totally invested in the in the in the the, the business of serving others for the greater good field not just for championships and wins it was much bigger than that you know coach smith's um focus was on impacting young lives in a positive way and doing more parenting than anything else and and giving them opportunities to to take their 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 talents um, on to the, the, the next chapter of their life, which was the intercollegiate and, and the, the professional ranks. And um, as a result, we were able to establish a, a nice little sorority and fraternity of athletes at, at St. Thomas Aquinas and it, continued, and it continues to grow. Um, but I, I would say that if there is a secret sauce, I don't think there is one, but you know, um, <laughs> what, 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 what really has enabled this to, to happen was obviously our, our faith. You know, St. Thomas is a strong faith-based organization led, led by the Spirit of God. And we, um, we're, re- we're really cons- more concerned about the, each individual student, athlete, and coach um, having a, an, an unbelievable experience and, and um, representing God and the family, the, the, the the team and themselves to the best of their ability and and um, trying to raise these these uh, young adults to become not only champions within their um, activity or or sport of interest, but in life. And that, that's what it was always been about for us. And we continue to, to, to build on that. Yeah. And uh, Coach Harriet, I think those are the, the biggest things, the most surprising things that people will probably take away from this interview because I know I did when I was doing the show prep and I, you know, last couple of days over the weekend, knowing that we were going to be talking to you, I went and wanted to learn a little bit more about the history of St. Thomas Aquinas. And it's obvious the talent is there and has been for a while. That's, that's obvious. I mean, that, there, there's no question about that. But what did stand out and what you just talked about was the brotherhood, the faith-based program that has been established there at St. Thomas Aquinas and and that really you know supersedes 
the talent because the talent will get you so far, but it's got to go a lot deeper and it's got to be more enriching than uh, than just winning football games, right? So absolutely, you know that's our that's the the goal is to help them become productive members of society, great husbands and and, and wives and mothers and fathers and, and community yep. leaders, etc. And a lot goes a lot goes into it. You know, you got to put a substantial amount of time and energy into these young adults, especially now where the competitive landscape is more complicated than ever based on the advancements of technology and all these these sources of convenience that we have, which are, which are great, you know, but if you're not careful, you'll lose perspective. You'll lose a humanistic and a spiritual perspective. And it's important for us to, to ensure that we're, we're inter, we stay interconnected and the, the, those interpersonal skills are intact so they can cultivate healthy relationships along their journey. Because at the end of the day, Phil, let's, let's be real. Uh, we, we take this thing that we call life for granted, especially here in America, because we have so right. much at our disposal. We have so much at our disposal, which is a blessing. But the, the reality here is we got to help our, our young adults and, and these adolescents realize the, 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 the most important and most valued resource that we have on this great earth that we that we've been blessed to be a part of our human beings human beings are the greatest resource that we have on this planet not not you know the computer or social media or the airplane or vehicles or things that we're in in all over which is unbelievable things to to be to be affiliated with and proud of but we cannot lose sight of the, the, the most important component on this earth humans we take care of this land we build all these things that we value as resources together and um god gave us dominion over all of this to take care of and um obviously right now the universe is at total war with us with these this pandemic and it's a it's a sign man it's a sign that we need to come together and figure out ways to treat each other better to love each other to encourage one another and um I think we, I think as coaches, we have a, a tremendous opportunity to in, inspire and and um, ensure those 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 uh, those objectives are met. Um, in the educational field, it's a great platform for 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 us to hold social emotional values where we where we where we talk about you know conflict resolution and things of that nature, but we're too fixated on testing and mathematics and and the academic piece, which is important for intellectual gratification and enhancement. It's important because we all have certain gifts. But but Phil, my my strengths should complement your weakness. Your strength should complement my weakness. And together we should be able to fulfill a certain level of potential or mac be or maximize our effort to benefit on another person we're not doing a great job of that anymore because our judgment has been clouded in this complex competitive society where we value other things as relevant things superficial things phil yeah and right. uh, until we come until we come together as educators as parents as coaches and start realizing that the, that these that our youth they're sophisticated but they're depending on us to give them some guidance give them some direction and they may be smarter than us in, 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 in various ways because of the way the world has e evolved. However, yep. they're still depending on our leadership 
and um, we're not doing a great job of supporting each other. And as a result, our leadership has become convoluted. But I'm an optimistic person, and I feel like the more we talk and the more we get this information out there and the more we really value true democracy where the people have a voice, the better this world is going to be. And we just need to start working together in that regard. Well, Does that make sense? words of wisdom. Absolutely, Coach. Absolutely. I, I can see why you're a winner. I can see why you oversee a program that's a winner. And I can see how your message is so important because you're taking youth, you're, you're taking youth athletes. Let's face it. They are some of the most talented in, in the world of high school football. But again, you've got to mold and make sure that complacency and um, the – the, the overconfidence that I know some athletes that have that talent that your student athletes possess there at St. Thomas Aquinas can actually become a detriment. So I can see how the message that you're preaching and you're developing with those young men uh, at St. Thomas Aquinas is so important. That, that becomes one of our greatest challenges, not for just our yeah. young men, but for women as well, because we're held to a True. certain That's standard. right. We're, we're, held to a, we're held to a certain expectation, not only on the field, but off the field as well, in the classroom and how we conduct ourselves as role models. Um, we have an international type of reputation now. I like to tell people, and, and, I, and I'm not being arrogant or egotistical when I say this, but St. Thomas Aquinas is, is argue, arguably probably the, the, the strongest football program for high school football in the whole world. When I tell people that, they're like, oh, what are you talking about? That's a, you know, you're going, you're going a little too far with that. I'm like, we're, you know, we're stuck in our own bubble. There's football all over this world, guys. There's football in Jamaica now. There's football in Puerto Rico. There's football in Germany. There's obviously football in Canada. There's football in China. There's football in France. We get calls from, from kids in, in France and Canada all the time with regards to transitioning and, you know, what, you know, coming to our, our program. And we've done a great job. From a measurable from a measurable standpoint of placing kids in the Division one colleges and those kids moving on to the NFL NFL players and have having great careers and it uh, and it's and it's largely because of the way we we help them manage their life there, there is talent all over this country Phil everywhere California and and, and Texas and certain parts of Florida and Georgia and Virginia all over this country, there's talent. What makes St. Thomas different? And, and a lot of it has to do with our adamant message and how we're devoted to our mission with regards to loving and, and, and encouraging and empowering these, 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 young, these, these young men and women to represent themselves in a, in a godly way and doing the, and doing the right thing and, and keeping our values um, you know, in intact and making sure that we're treating others the way we expect to be treated and being great role models to a, to a benefit to, to, to those around us. So, Bill, we we have a we really have a servant leader type of heart. You know, when people when kids come into St. Thomas, they have these lofty dreams, goals and expectations, which are great. But they, it, it, it quickly becomes, you know, um, uh, balanced when they understand why why they're why they're there and what is going to help them meet certain objectives and goals so just just managing and helping them realize their 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 value and the the window of opportunity that we have in not just 
you know, for this particular time of, 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 of our life, but really taking advantage of the moment because none of us are going to be here forever. So in the meantime, we might as well give our best effort and every breath we breathe should, should be a benefit to those that are, de are depending on us or those that we interact with. And we truly, we truly believe that. And we feel like going through adverse moments and challenges and struggles are great opportunities because it allows us to be solution oriented with motivation. So yeah. we have that type of con we have that type of, of, of culture and our kids are receptive to it and they look forward to, 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 to being ambassadors and representatives of that particular um, message and movement. Hey coach, I need to take a quick break. Uh, you mind staying with us during the break? No problem. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, same here, Coach. Great message from the head coach of St. Thomas Aquinas, the Raiders. It's head coach Roger Harriet. Words of wisdom on this Monday afternoon. Stay with us more with head coach Roger Harriet. It's coming your way right after this. Stay with us, guys. Houston Clinic physicians have been on the sidelines of football games since Dr. Houston started the tradition 70 years ago. When an injury occurs, play stops, and Houston sports medicine team takes the turf. No matter which team you're on, Houston is there to help. From the field, go straight to the specialist. Go to Houston Clinic. And welcome, everybody, to another week of the Bainbridge Bearcats Coaches Show, where we visit with the head coach 
of the Bainbridge Bearcats, Jeff Littleton. We, we made some adjustments, and I really saw some confidence in our kids' eyes after some things, and I told them that at halftime. And, uh, and we came out and scored on the opening drive. Enjoy the off week, and we'll still chat with you next week. Yes, sir. Let's get back to more sports talk. An extra point with Phil Jones. All right, welcome back, guys. Phil Jones with you. Um, we have a very special guest with us on this Monday. Boy, and you want to talk about a coach that is preaching it. Words of wisdom. Words of wisdom to live by, whether it's football or real life. Roger Harriet, head coach of the nationally renowned program St. Thomas Aquinas on the line with us. And, of course, actually on the screen with us, as he is zooming in with us from Fort Lauderdale. Coach, you got the perfect uh, picturesque background there. You got the palm trees. Uh, I can see a few of the wild parakeets in the background. Got to love it. Nature, man. Paradise. It is paradise. I've been down there, and it was hard to leave, let me tell you. Uh, great, great people, good weather, exceptional culture. There's no better place to be. Speaking of which, and Coach, we got about five minutes left in the show, and I want to use this time to talk about, you know, uh, what it's like to have such great athletes. But, but in the last 10 minutes, you've talked about what it's like to mold these young men, you know, in, into doing the right thing while at the same time upholding the standard that's been uh, obviously developed there at St. Thomas Aquinas, one of the best and most well-known football programs in the country if not the best talk about the challenge of you know balancing that with making these young men the best they can be while I guess trying to harness the uh I, I guess the, the 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 abilities that they bring while making sure they don't go overboard you know the as cockiness versus confidence I guess is what I'm trying to say uh, that's, a, that's a great question. Um, it's a process, Phil. And he, yeah. the, the first part of the process is is obviously education. You know, I think people re, don't realize the importance and value of educating others. And then preparation, discipline, um, meeting certain objectives and goals, all those things come into place. And, and putting things in order is essential. Having your priorities in order is, is in, incre incredibly important. Um, the, the process with regards to being successful in life is to understand the educational aspect that life is an equation. Everything that you're going to do in your life, there's, a, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's an equation to achieve certain objectives, goals to be, to be successful. And it, it, it typically manufactures from the people that are surrounding you. You've got to hold those guys accountable in order to meet those those objectives as a, as a role model. Um, for example, my coaches, they're exaggerated role models. They understand that the way they, they, they behave, the way they communicate is going to, is going to dictate how our, our players behave, how they speak and how, they, how they perform and, and so, and so forth. They are very impressionable creatures. So it's my job as a head coach to, to, to train and teach and coach, my coaches to to meet a certain level of expectation 
with regards to being an exaggerated role model, which is somebody who's who's fixated on being a good person, doing the right thing, having an extraordinary work ethic, being 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 organized and efficient, being you know um, priority or oriented, being family oriented, and so forth. And as a result, um, those, those, those our players see the authenticity with regards to. Um, you know what our what our coaches are, are trying to accomplish from a parental standpoint, Phil. Not not just a foot, football coaching standpoint. When the player realizes that there's more to the relationship than the field, then you have their undivided attention. Their biggest fear is not doing up downs or doing doing extra sprints because they didn't meet a certain expectation. Because we're trying to create a therapeutic environment, not a punitive one. And when you create a healthy therapeutic loving environment those kids will do anything for you and they'll they'll, yep. they'll make sure they're making the necessary sacrifices to do the right thing and represent you your themselves and so forth in the best um, manner possible the last thing that they want to do is disappoint you so now the ego part of it has become controlled because phil you you and i both know sorry phil you you and i you and i both know that you're not going to get away from ego and, and, and ego is a driving force. And, and we, as, a, right. as the instructor, the adults, we dictate, we dictate, sorry, Scott keeps trying to calm. Me. We, we dictate whether the ego is healthy or unhealthy. So we, 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 I'm never going to tell a guy, Hey, check your ego at the door or don't come in here with your ego or, you know, I don't have an ego because none of that is true. Your ego is what motivates and encourages and keeps you with that competitive edge. But that ego needs to be managed and it needs to be healthy. And there needs to be humility there. So that's kind of where we are with regards to our process and what what it takes to be a a success. It starts making decisions, educating, um, make preparation and, and, and modeling what this needs to be. So we believe in ontological learning, which is the 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 learning of actual being so you tell student athletes you need to work with integrity i want you to work harder um you know be a good person do the right thing okay that all sounds good phil but how do you do that how do you do that there 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 has to be some some educating with regards to what it means to meet these these certain objectives and goals and and so forth so we we, we believe in uh, ontological learning, which is we become these character traits. We become these objectives that we're asking our players to, um, to, to, to hold in high regard and to e- exemplify on a daily basis. And as a result, we're, we're creatures of habit, right? So use that to our advantage. God created us to be habitual. Use that to our advantage. The more we, we, we practice these healthy habits, having healthy egos, that's who we become. One of the best coaching segments, and I talk to a lot of coaches, one of the best I have ever had here on this show, Coach Roger Harriet. I wish we had more time, but we are out of time. But uh, promise me you'll come back and uh, join us again real soon so we can finish the conversation, Coach. I, I would love to, Phil. I have a lot more to say. I think there's a lot more information that needs to be shared out there. And um, God bless you and your family. I appreciate you uh, – doing this broadcast and getting this message out there. Thank you. He, he has, and thank you for saying that. Mm-hmm. See you, Coach. Thank you, brother. Wow, what a great <laughs> message. 
And I don't think we taught a whole lot of X's and O's, but who cares? Obviously, you guys are loving it. We loved it with uh, Coach Roger Harriet. And you can see if a young man is coming to play for him, how he winds up getting the most and making that football player the best man and player he can be. Incredible. St. Thomas Aquinas, head football coach, Roger Harriet. What a way to wrap things up on this Monday. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. We'll be back tomorrow with more. And uh, we will talk tomorrow with uh, McGill Patrick, head coach of Crisp County. What's he got to say? Look forward to talking to him. Look forward to hearing from you guys tomorrow on the Tuesday edition of Extra Point with Phil Jones right here at ITG Next Georgia. See ya.